0: Good evening, sister. I'm sorry.
1: I have been
2: doing something all day.
0: So then I
1: more electronics
0: today.
1: Well speaking of seat sensors let's stand up and get us a song book and uh, let's turn to 277 tonight. 277 Jesus loves even me and I'm so glad of that. <laughs>
2: I am so glad that our Father in heaven Tells of his love in the book he has given Wonderful things in the Bible I see This is the dearest that Jesus loves me I am so glad that Jesus loves me Jesus loves me, Jesus loves me me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me Jesus loves even me Though I forgive him and wander away, still he does love me wherever I stray. Back to his dear loving arms would I flee, when I remember that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. Oh, if there's only one song I can sing, when in his beauty I see the great King, this shall my song in eternity be. Oh, what a wonder that Jesus loves me. I am so glad that Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. I am so glad. That Jesus loved me, Jesus
1: loves even me, and I'm very glad of that, aren't you? Amen, Amen. I'm very blessed today to uh, get to go and be a part of uh, the funeral of, I guess you'd call him, my step grandpa, uh, Harold Smith, my stepmother's dad, and he pastored about nine or ten churches in this area, and uh, well, I tell you, what, he had a, a packed house over at uh, Mike Fortenberry's church over in Paris and uh, it was a sure blessing today to get to hear about his his life and testimony. Uh I don't know sure I don't know how long you've been in Clarksville area. You've been here your whole life, eh? Huh? Okay. Well he was he pastored here at Wayne's Chapel in the eighties, so that's before your time. But yeah, he's he was over here in this area and I pastored that church too, you know, and I pastored in the nineties, he pastored it in the eighties. But uh, he pastored about, like I said, nine or ten different churches. But it was a blessing, and uh, Lord, Lord used me today to sing over there, and I sure was thankful to be able to do that. Y'all remember to pray for the Smith family. That, well, the Smith. There are a lot of different names now, so they had mostly daughters. But, but anyway, pray for them. Any other prayer requests tonight? Yes. She um, uh, has
0: an from Something called Vanderbilt a Medical. And four hours away from her, mm-hmm. She said, "Please pray that they will find that COVID caused this spot." Right. Because if they do, then the uh, her job will have to put her back on the insurance, and then they'll have to also pay for um, workman's comp and stuff like yeah.
2: that.
0: And so she said, "Please pray that." That's
1: what they find. The COVID the Amen. Amen. It's so many people wind up with vaccine injuries. I read about it every single day. I've got a kinfolk up in North Arkansas, and she's she's on top of all that. She's always reporting on somebody new and some new thing that it's that's being found that it does. Anybody else? Ms. Charlotte?
0: I right. I does. It turns
1: out good. Good. I go back in three weeks. Amen. We're praying for you to have healing good healing and good sight when it's all said uh, and done. Right. Anybody else? I'm having
0: surgery November tenth.
1: All right. All right. Yep. We'll all have to pitch in. <laughs> Can't take up the slack. Take up the slack around here. Oh yeah. All right. Anybody else? Anything else before we go to the Lord and Prayer tonight? Dan, how you feeling? I'm My voice is right in the middle of my head. No. Okay. It's
0: coming
1: at your mouth. <laughs> I hear you. I, I know what you're saying, brother. All right. Sister, how's your mom? <laughs> Right, right, all right, Any anything else before well, we go to the Lord in prayer? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight, Robert leads in prayer. Amen, amen, you can be seated.
2: Yes, the soul is rescued from its sinful way, and is born anew, a ransom child. Glory, glory, how the angels sing. Glory, glory, how the loud hearts ring. It's the ransomed army like a mighty sea, healing forth the anthem of the free. Ring the bells of heaven. tidings bear it far away, for a precious soul is born again. Glory, glory, how the angels sing! Glory, glory, how the loud harps ring! Is the ransomed army like a mighty sea, pealing forth the anthem of the free? Two hundred and nineteen.
1: I'll never begin to be able to talk, sing a song about the angels singing without thinking about Grant pointing out to me that they don't sing. <laughs> Amen. Two nights
2: You can win it. Would you do service for Jesus, your King? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily as brave as
1: you sing?
2: There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, fire. wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power. In the precious blood of the Lamb. Amen.
1: Praise God for that power. Saving power. Life changing power. Amen. Marriage fixing power. Child bringing home power. Amen. There's all kinds of power in the blood. It, I'm telling you, it's, it's redeeming power. It'll fix what's wrong. I'm telling you, it will. Fix me. To fix me, fix you. Fix me, fix anybody. i am tell you right now, if you knew me, before God's God done his work in me, and he's still working, by the way. I'm not done yet. Amen. But, and thank God I'm not done yet, but, well, if you've seen where he started, you've seen the damaged goods he had to work with when he started. Lord have mercy, he sure has been good to me. Amen. Take your Bible tonight. I want you to turn with me to Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6, we're going to look at four verses. I see it's not even 20 after, so we'll get out early tonight, more than likely. More than likely. More than likely. I got one for you, too. You give me that, I'll give you one of (laughs) these. All right. By the way, I was looking for that trumpet yesterday. It didn't blow, but that don't mean I'm not looking today and I ain't looking tomorrow. Amen. Uh, I wasn't predicting nothing, but I tell you what, it sure would have been a good time to go. And today would be a good time, too. Amen. Proverbs chapter
2: 6. Let's
1: look at verses 20 through 23. Proverbs. What's that? I missed it. There you go. There you go. You wouldn't have even dealt with that. See, that would have been great. Somebody else would have been dealing with it. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20 through 23 tonight. If you found that, say amen. All right. Let's read tonight. Proverbs tw- six twenty through 23. My son. Keep thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart, and tie them about thy neck. When, it go, when thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproves of instruction or the way of life. Let's go to the Lord in word of prayer tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you tonight, and Lord, the best we know how, we submit ourselves to the Spirit of God, and we ask you now, Lord, cleanse us, forgive us of our sins. Lord, make us a vessel fit to be filled with with your wisdom. Father, we pray that you, Lord, anything in the way, Lord, you, you, you humbly wash it. We ask you, humbly ask that you wash it away, Lord, that it Be gone, Lord, that nothing stand between us and you tonight. Father, give us some truth we need. Remind us of truth that we've received in the past. Lord, maybe we're not thinking on as much as we should. Lord, just give us some wisdom tonight from it. Help us to live lives that reflect, Lord, what you've done in our life. Father, help us to gain this uh, knowledge. We might pass it on to the younger generation coming up behind us, Father. These things that are necessary In order to have a successful life and a successful Christian life, help us, Lord, to have these things present on our mind that we might instruct, the ones coming up behind us. Father, please help us tonight, and we'll give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, there's a lot of different things in this chapter, and I'm not going to go back through the whole chapter, because it would take us a while what well, we've talked about well anyway let's just get into it i'm not going to try to backtrack so tonight tonight in this passage here and we just came out of talking uh we talked last week we talked about um we talked about binding the commandments of the lord no actually i take that back last week that was what i studied this week last week we studied the things that the lord hates the lord the lord hates and he talked about the things that he hates he talked about a proud look and a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and run into mischief, and a false witness that speaketh lies and soweth discord among brethren. And it's right after that, he's warned him of these things that God hates. And we talked last week about the Christians hate life, the things that we were to hate. because Why? Because God hates them, not just because we don't like them, but we're to hate these things because, again, God is against these things, and these things are against God. But he comes right out of that, and he he goes to him and he says, look, the Lord hates these things, but you be faithful to God. You need to be faithful to the Lord. And that's what he's telling him. He's encouraging him to faithfully stay with the Word of God. Faithfully stay with the Word of God. I I tell you, we live in in an hour when people don't read their Bible like they they used to. We live in an hour when when people do not respect the Word of God like they used to. And I'm not doubtful of you in this room, but I would encourage you, and along with people that are listening in tonight, to read your Bible. You need to read it. And you may say, well, I've read it and read it and read it and read it. Well, read it some more. Because every time you read it, it reads you. Amen? That's the only, you can go to any library in this world and pull any book off the shelf, and you can read it, but the Bible is the only book that's going to read you when you read it. Amen? We, again, is encouraging him, stay faithful to the Word of God, and not just stay faithful to it, use it. What do we use it for? We use it as a guide. Y'all ever heard that old hillbilly bluegrass gospel song? I'm using my Bible as a road Y'all ever heard that before? Well, uh, uh, that's that's wisdom right there. Because I don't know what to do in life. I don't know where to go in life. And the Bible is a road map. The, uh, the Bible shows me where to step. The Bible shows me where to go. The Bible says the steps of a man, steps of a good man, are ordered by the Lord. So the Lord, he is in charge of where he wants us to go. Amen. The the Bible talks about it being a lamp. So that's what we're going to look at tonight. So first, first of all, like I said, it's a guide, and we're to stay faithful to it. But we have to look on the Word of God as a light and as a lamp. I mean, I'm sorry, a light and as a law. A light but a law as well. Look at verse 20 in our text, and then we're going to look at verse 23. 20 says, My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. And verse 23 says, for the commandment is a lamp and the law is light. So it's talking about law and it's talking about light there in in both of those verses and the proofs of instruction are the ways of life. So we need to understand that the Bible is a light. Amen. And when we read it, it's a lamp, just like you going into a dark room and and, and turning that knob, and electricity hits the bulb, and the bulb comes on, and suddenly there's light in the room, and you can see. Well, the Bible is like that. It's a light to our eyes in helping us discover things in God's world, discover things God wants for our life, helps us to discover His will for our life, helps us to discover uh, the things that that God would have us to do, and helps us also discover the things God would have us to stay away from. So it's a light for our feet, for direction. We need, I I, I can't stress enough, our need to study the Bible. Not just, don't don't read the Bible like a grasshopper, either. Too many people are are grasshopper readers. And, and, you know, and especially new believers, and I have to point this out to, to young Christians. Don't read the Bible like a grasshopper. Read two or three verses here and flip over here and read two or three verses here and flip over here and read two or three verses here. You won't, I mean, if you was trying to read a math book that way, imagine how confused you'd be. He's trying to read an English book that way or a history book that way. So why would anybody read the Bible that way? When we read the Bible, we need to study it and read it and meditate on it and go back and read things again and slowly comb through the Word of God and let God talk to us as we're reading. Because, again, it's our lamp. It's to show us things. It's to teach us things. It's to direct us in the path of our feet. Psalm 119, 105, David said, Thy word is a lamp and a light unto my path. A lamp not to my eyes, well, I know you're going to see with it, but he's not, he's not saying it's a light so I can see everything. It's a light so I can see where it's
2: set. It's about our
1: path. The whole thing is about our path. And, and the walk, which is our life, which is when we talk about the Christian walk, we're talking about your, in,
2: uh, your, your
1: entire span of your life from here on to, your, to, the, to the grave, your walk. We talk about your conversation, which is a gift. The Christian's conversation is our walk through this world, our experience through this world, and we've got to have light to see the whole way. Because if we don't see where we're going, we're going to fall down. If we don't see where we're going, we're going to run into somebody else and hurt somebody else. So we need that lamp to our feet so we know where to see to walk and a light to our path. And the Word of God reveals to us truths, amen, that are eternally sure, amen, I mean, thank God that the Word of God is eternally sure. Thank God that there's something in this world that is absolute, that we can absolutely stand on because everything around us changes. I mean, yeah, you you know, everything changes. You know, I mean, I finally got to the point where I could wing my hair back when I was a kid, and then it went out of style. Everything changes. Amen? It's, it's terrible. That's my brother told me that a long time ago. He said he, he finally did that in middle school, and they you got it to stay back. They, they changed hairstyles. But everything changes, but the truth of the Word of God never changes. Amen? Aren't you glad of that? Thank God we got something that ain't shifting sand because everything around us is. And not only are things eternally sure in the Word of God, they're eternally true. Nothing can change the Word of God. Uh, you know, the world changes. I mean, they change history. They change just about anything they want to change, but the Word of God stands sure. Amen? And it's eternally relevant. It does, we don't ever outgrow it. We never get to a point in history where it's not relevant to our culture or relevant to society or relevant to people. It's always the same. Amen? And this world is searching. This world is groping in the dark, groping, trying to find light everywhere put in the word of God I think about what the Bible says over in Isaiah 59 verses 7 through 10 speaking of this world groping without the light the Bible talks about that in chapter 59 it says their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed innocent blood they're in a hurry to do wrong they're in a in a in a hurry to, to kill innocents their feet are thoughts of iniqu- I'm sorry. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity, wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they know not, and there's no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. You see, if you got a light, you're not going to walk the crooked path. You can see, it. but they don't have no light. The Bible says, "Where whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace." If you go in their path. Therefore is judgment far from us, he says, neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold obscurity, for brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind. We grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We're in desolate places as dead men. Why is Isaiah describing that? Because the nation of Israel is turned away from God. Amen. And when this nation of America has turned away from God and turned away from the Word of God, we see people groping for answers and groping for light, but they're groping and reaching in all the wrong places. But the Bible tells us where the light is because it is the light. Scripture light is the true light, and we need that light. Amen. Don't ever forget that you need to read your Bible and need to hear from God because that's the only place you're going to hear from God. You'll not hear from God anywhere. And you say, well, I go to church here. Oh, yeah, but that's, where's it coming from? It's coming from the Word of God. Amen? You turn on your TV, you hear a preacher preach. Well, I may have the Word of God. they may not. That's that's subject to, to whatever you're watching. But, but when, when somebody's preaching the truth, they've got the Word of God. You can't get it anywhere. There's nothing else. There's no other place you can go for truth. We need it, and we need that light. God, listen, who wants to walk around in the dark? I don't know anybody that prefers to walk around the dark. I mean, in my house, if everything goes boom and electricity goes off, you know what we do? We find the phone and we call the electric company. Hey, electricity's off. Can you get it back on? Well, it means it's the middle of the night. Can't y'all sleep without it? No. We need it on right now. Why? Well, my refrigerator. I need my lights on. Get my lights on. We, we know we need lights. Amen? We, I mean, we got headlights on our vehicle. Why? Because we need lights. When it's dark, we need it, but boy, we don't turn to this light as often as we should or as, or as, as, as seriously as we should. God help us to, to, to read the Bible as if everything depends on it because it does. Like I said, it's a light, and it is authoritative. It is a law. And, and that means God means for our human wills to submit to the Word of God because it is our authority. It is our law. Matthew eleven twenty nine, when Jesus is talking here, he's speaking of this when he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. What is he saying? Submit yourself under my authority. Take my yoke upon you, get in this thing with me, and let me be your leader, let me be your God, let me be your your savior let get in here and obey me and let me teach you because it's not hard, just get in here and listen and learn and I'll teach you amen he's listen there ain't no philosopher on this earth, there ain't no politician, no governor, no king, whoever issued such a law, so well written as the Word of God, nor so binding as the Word of God. No politician, no governor, no bureaucrat, nowhere. The Word of God is, it is the supreme law. It's a law, but but it's a lamp too, and it's a light. Because everywhere that it's shown, it gives evidence of its own goodness, and it shows men the error of their way. When the light comes on, it shows you whether you're right or not. It's a light and it's a law. Number two, we have to receive it as our father's commandment and the law of our mother. Verse twenty says that. Let's read it. My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. So we're we're to look at it. But why why is he telling us this? But because, I mean. I don't know if everybody's parents did, but I assume most of our parents put a Bible in our hands. Amen? I hope your parents did. Amen? Uh, uh, most, most. I mean, I don't know how all of you, but did, did your mom and daddy have a Bible in their hands?
0: Right? Uh, okay. All
1: right. They put that Bible in our hands. They trained us. They told us this is God's word. This is God's book. You need to follow it. They told us that, right? That was, the, that was our father's commandment and the law of our mother. Amen? When we had... But you know what? We had to get out on our own, and we had to try it for ourselves, and we had to find out that it is truly from God. It ain't just from Mom and Daddy and the best idea they could give us. It's really God. And we ought to get out on our knees and thank God that they gave it to us and, and see all the reasons in the world we ought to continue in the things that we've learned and not give up on them, knowing of whom we've learned them. Why? Because they were given to us by the two people who are supposed to love us more than anybody else in the world, and they got our best interest at heart. So it's so important that we receive it as it's given. It's given in love by the people who are supposed to love us more than anybody else. And, I, I mean, think about it. Our parents, they, they, gave, they, they warned us. They said, hey, don't do this. Don't do that. Because that will hurt you. This will get you in trouble. This will ruin your life. They gave us counsel on how to do things the proper way. They give us commands to teach us and train us. And, and all those things that they gave us agree with the word of God. Amen. So, therefore, we need to cling to these things. They didn't teach us wrong. They told you to, tried to teach us to be good people, tried to raise us up, to be moral people, to, to love God and, and, and love our neighbor. We ought not shun those things. It's good. The word's good. Amen. We need. I'm trying to. I know you know these things, but we need to remember how much we need it. Amen? And we know, again, we, you can know something's good for you and not go to it. Amen? You know how I know that? Because the candy aisle gets chopped a whole lot more than the vegetable aisle. Amen? We don't know necessarily drift to the things that are good for us. Sometimes we like to get junk. Sometimes we like to sit and watch junk. Sometimes we like to listen to junk. We like to look at junk and in a, in what... And, and David said, mine eye affecteth my heart. And the things that we read and the things that we watch, things that we listen to, those things affect our heart. And if we're not feeding ourselves on a steady diet of the Word of God, then we're going, to, we're going to rot on the inside somewhat. We're going to decay if we're feeding. Just like you put, you, eat, you put sugar in your mouth every day, your teeth are going to rot. If you put junk in your body, you know what? It's going to rot your eye. We need the Word of God flushing that garbage out of us on a daily basis. <clears throat> Again, even when kids get grown, you're never too—I mean, you're never too big to listen to your mama and daddy. Amen. I know. Mom, I mean, I, me and mama sometimes we butt heads over some things, but but you know, if she's got some advice, I'm gonna listen to her because that's my mama, and I respect her. She's been around. She's been in my life for, for 54 years. I figure she cares. If she still cares about me. I figure I'll listen to her. Amen. because you get grown, don't mean you shouldn't listen to your parents. And the Bible tells us that. Amen. It tells us to cling to those things. Uh, and, and and the Lord the Lord's given the father honor over the children. Children are supposed to look up to death. And he, and the Bible's also confirmed the authority of the mother over over the sons. It says it in the Word of God right there. It says, Forsake not the law of thy mother. So when mama lays down the law, you better listen to it, amen? Because where's she getting it from? She's getting it from the Word of God. All right, number three. The Bible tells us that we, that we need to hold on to the Word of God and the good teaching that our parents gave us out of it. And I say that because young people, when they get somewhat close to grown, they think they know it all, and I'm going to get out and show you how I can do it on my own. And a lot of times, they throw everything they've been taught out the window and try to do it their own way, and end up making a mess out of their life. And I know I'm talking to a bunch of people that are grown, but I I know there's some on here that ain't. Amen? So you take it and you give it to whoever you need to give it to. But the truth of it, the Word of God teaches us that we're not to throw the teaching away that we got from mom and daddy, even when we're grown, even when we're middle-aged, even when we get older. We're still, still supposed to hang on to those things, but yet some do. Again, teenagers, young people, they, they want to get free of the rules that held them down all them years. Oh, I'll get out of this house. I i tell you what, I ain't going to do it this way. I won't do it the way he did it. I ain't going to do it like she told me to. That's the wrong way to look at it. Amen? It worked. It worked. If it worked, hey, don't throw it away. The Bible tells us to keep our Father's commandment. We're to continue to keep it. We're to never forsake what we were taught. Amen? First Samuel fifteen twenty three tells us, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Well, it's a strong verse in the Bible. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Now, why is that? Because I'm worshiping self and what self thinks. I'm doing what I want to do, regardless of what God says. Amen? That, I mean, we don't look at it, we just look, oh, he's just being hard-headed. No, God says it's like you might as well be fooling with witchcraft and idolatry because you have turned on those who I've who I put there to give you training and raise you up and love you and teach you. You turn your back on them, you turn your back on me. That's what he's saying when you walk away from the truth. Amen? There's so many young people out there that need this message tonight. They so many so many young families out there trying to raise children. who are letting their children do whatever they want to do because they because their mom and dad didn't make them do right. There's so many young families out there that are struggling. If they just had this truth, I'm giving you tonight, and I'm giving it to a church full of people that already know it. And that's just, that's listen. But we, we again, how many people do we know? How many people do we know that could use this?
2: Amen. You
1: take this from here. Take this with you, and when and when you get around some young person, let remind them how important it is to be in their Bible, to read their Bible, to stay in their Bible. That's the only source of help you've really got in this world is God. So we need to stay in it. Uh, again, we not, never need to throw it away, but number two on this, we need to never lay it down either for a little while. Verse 21, 21 says, bind them continually upon thy neck. And tie them. Uh, I'm sorry, bind them continually upon thine heart, and tie them about thy neck. So again, we're never, we're not to lay them down and say, Oh yeah, I, I, I'll come back to that later. No, listen, we don't take a vacation from doing right. We don't take a vacation on God. We don't take a break. I know there are people that do that, and boy, they sure do. They sure do end up uh, wishing they hadn't done it. I'm tell you, uh, you know, you heard that saying it'll take you further than you meant to go it'll keep you longer than you meant to stay and it'll cost you more than you meant to pay and somebody like oh I't I, I, I'm not going to quit on God I'm just going to quit for a little while no you'll be going way further than you ever meant to you just don't give up on God. The Bible tells us to bind it continually not only on your hand but upon your heart Now I say upon your hand Moses directed them to, to bind bind the truth on their hand. Deuteronomy six, seven, and eight says, "And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, the scriptures, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up." Now listen to that. That's how important the Bible was. Moses said, "When, when, when you're, you're to, you're to teach it. Don't, don't count on your children to absorb it in the world. Don't count on your children to get it from." From somebody else, or the TV, or or, or to pick it all up. Uh, the two or three times you carried them to church, no, you are to teach it. It's your responsibility to train your children up in the Lord, and and the Bible said and talk of it when you're sitting around the house. You know what I've you know what I've learned. Most kids, when you start talking about the Bible, they just turn it off. They just shut you out. Uh, talking about the Bible again. You know why that is. I tell you why? Because they were never taught to love the Bible when they were children. If you're not taught to, if you're not taught to respect and love the Word of God, the Word of God ain't gonna mean much to you. It's so important, so crucial that children get taught at an early age. So important that it's that it's that it's a part of their life. Amen. And I know I'm talking to people that ain't got young children in their home, but to those who do, we need to stress to them the importance of letting those children seeing mom and dad and grandma and grandpa and great grandma and great grandpa reading their Bible. I'm going to tell you, I I sat in that funeral today and I, and I looked out and and, and a huge family, huge family. I I think I said 22 grandchildren and, and 30 something great grandchildren. Well, most of them are are up in their teenage years, the great grandchildren. And, and I'm looking out there through that crowd. and I mean, I'm, I'm seeing people with freaky colored dyed hair. and everything. I mean, all of them didn't follow the Lord. There's 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 people who are in troubles all through that crowd. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, if all of them did what that man in that casket did, there wouldn't be these kids out here looking like they're looking and acting like they're acting. Because the Word of God is powerful. But if we don't use it, I mean, it's just like you can have a you can have a ten thousand watt light bulb up there, but if you never flip the switch, what good is it? It won't it, you won't see anything until you flip the switch, and until until it's made important to young people to read the Bible and study the Bible, they're never going to get anything out of the Bible. But again, Moses is telling them, you got to talk about it, you got to speak about it. They need to see it when thou walkest by the way, when you're just going about your business throughout the day, talk about how. Talk about God's word. Talk about God, God's ways. Talk about God's love. Talk about talk about what God has done, his creation. Just talk. There's so much about God to talk about. I don't have anybody, want anything to say. And he said, when thou lies down, talk about it when you're laying there in the bed. When thou risest up, talk about the Lord at breakfast. And he said, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. So a phylactery was a leather pouch. And roll them up and put them inside. Now, and the Bible said they should be as frontless between thine eyes. They also wore a, a, a leather box or a strap around their foreheads. Now, in all truthfulness, that really didn't zero. Let me tell you why. If it's in a leather box on your hand, how much good is it going to do you if you're not taking it out and reading it? It was only there to cause them to think about the Bible and to cause them to have feelings in their heart about it. It wasn't it wasn't doing any good. I mean, the word has to be written on the heart. It on the hand don't do much good. And it has to be hid in the heart and laid down close to the conscience where it can affect you. I see people and I don't know if I'm talking to anybody maybe may in here, but I, I I know people that have got scripture tattooed on their bodies and it's like it's in the book <laughs> Didn't Wasn't that good enough? You had you got to look in the mirror and try to read it backwards now? I mean, that don't make no sense to me. But they'll tattoo scripture on them, but have they read their Bible lately? I doubt it. Amen. I bet somebody's mad at me because I said that, but that's okay. You'll get over it. You'll get over it. Um, but the word's got to be written, not tattooed on your skin, but but the Holy Spirit needs to tattoo it on your heart. Amen. And he don't do it with ink. It's indelible when he puts it there. Amen. And Listen, and, and it needs to be—it needs to be hid there, amen. Hid there, so when the time of crisis comes, you can reach down into the devil, don't know where it's at, and hey, you pull it out. And oh my goodness, Lord, is there for me, and He won't ever forsake me. Listen, we need to hide the Word of God in our hearts. The Bible says, tie it around your neck, like an ornament, like a bracelet, like a gold chain worn around your neck, around your throat. It's there to guard you. That's what God. God's saying it ought to guard your throat you know why so nothing bad goes down it and nothing evil comes out of it amen
2: if the word of
1: if the word of God's guarding your throat amen you're not gonna put no liquor down it amen it, and, and if God's guarding your throat ain't gonna profanity gonna come up out of it amen hallelujah so we need to keep the word of God, like He said, tied around our our throat, tied around our neck, covering our heart. And we could prevent a whole lot of sin if we did that. If we keep the word of God close to us, of it, just like things laid laid upon our heart. You know, if you put on a warm coat, wrap it around your heart. You'll feel the effects of it pretty soon. You tie a a scarf around your neck, you feel the effects of it pretty soon. And you know what? If you keep the Word of God close to you, you're going to feel the effects of it very soon. Number four, we need to make use of the Word of God and the benefit that it's designed to give us if we bind it continually upon our heart. The Bible tells us in verse 22, it tells us that it will be our guide and that we need to follow its direction. It says, when thou goest, it shall lead thee. Where will it lead you? It'll lead you into the good and right way, and it'll lead you in the good and right way. Amen? You, you say, well, I'm, my, my life is a mess. Well, okay, get in the Word of God, and it'll lead you to where your life ain't a mess and then it'll lead you how to walk in a life that is not a mess. That's what I'm trying to say. It'll lead you to it, and it'll lead you through it. The Word of God is a guide for you throughout this life from the cradle to the grave. What else? How else will it lead you? It'll lead you from and lead you out of every sinful, dangerous path because the Holy Spirit of God takes the Word of God and and. and, and Takes it and speaks to our spirit. Takes it and speaks to our life, and, and explains to us, "Hey, God doesn't know." And when, when the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and, and impresses it upon your life, my goodness, we'd be a fool to take a step in that direction. We need to listen to our God. I can tell you right now, if, if I had, if I was over in, in some parts of the world where you've got to walk those those bridges up over mountains, passes, and and around the top of cliffs and all that, and I got some guide. Listen, don't you think I'm going to listen to my guide if I'm walking a dangerous path where I can slip to my death? You better believe I'm going to listen to everything that comes out of his mouth. Well, my friends, we're walking a dangerous path. We've got enemies all around us that would destroy us, and the Lord has told us that we need to not walk the broad way. We need to walk the straight and narrow way, and it's a rocky way with him. But as long as we're listening to his voice and following in his steps, we're safe. Our path is safe. God will lead us in the right way. He'll lead us away from danger. Listen, it'll it'll say to you when you're ready to go your own way, don't go that way. This is the right way. Walk in the right way. Listen, that moment my, when our heart begins to faint, well, it won't hurt. God says, don't. It'll speak to you. The Word of God will speak to you. Oh, we need it. We need it. We need, it. We need to be. We, I was talking to, uh, to assistant pastor over there today and I was telling him what I've shared with you. How the, I, I can see so clearly how the devil has just sped everything up. Everything used to be such a slow, peaceful pace when I was a young child, and, and even in my younger years, the world moves. I mean, before technology just swarmed us and overwhelmed us, everything moved so slow and gentle, and people didn't get in too big a hurry, and life was more peaceful, but now everything's so fast. The devil does that on purpose. He doesn't want us to be able to hear the small, still voice of God. He, that's, that's, that's a threat to him for us to be able to hear God's small, still voice. But you've got to get still before you can hear it, and the devil doesn't want that. He wants to keep confusion in our life. Listen, we need to hear that small, still voice. We need to be led by that small, still voice. That's why it's so important that you take time every day and you get quiet and get alone with God and read his word and pray and hear his voice because you need to know which way to go. And God tells us that he will lead us, he will guide us. The word of God will be to you what the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire was to Israel in the wilderness. That's a picture of how God leads. He showed us he can lead his children, amen, if he can lead them in the middle of a desert, surely he can lead you and I through this life, amen. And he'll give us the light to see. Amen. That's what he did to them. He gave them the light to see to step. We're to be led by that. We're to let that be our rule to live by. And if we do that, then we'll be led by the Spirit. And if we're led by the Spirit, he'll be our guide, and he'll be our support. Number two, if we if we read the Word of God, if we, if we lean on it, we make use of it, not only will it be our guide, but it'll be our guard, and we've got to put ourselves under the protection of it. Think about this. Tonight when you go home and you get in your bed and you lay down sleeping, you just you lie there exposed. You're asleep. You're unconscious. The, 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 the evil powers of darkness are all around you, but you don't worry about it, do you? God keeps you, and he tells you that. God promises you that in his word. Amen? He promises he's going to take care of you and you're going to be safe. And you need to understand that you are. And if we understand that he keeps us safe while we sleep, every night of our life, I mean, how many nights have y'all slept and he's kept you safe? Think about that. it has been a few, hasn't it? And I mean, how many nights do you sit there terrified while well, you go to bed thinking you ain't going to make it till morning? I don't do that. I hope you don't. Be sad if you did. But, you know, if we trust him through the night, my goodness, why don't we trust him like that during the day?
0: Ever thought about that?
1: We ought to have the same faith in God during the day we have in the night. We ought to take comfort in His deliverance and, and His provision all the time, not just while we go to sleep. It'll be our guard even during the day in our waking hours if we let it be, if we'll let it govern us. It won't be unless we give it, we submit ourselves to it. Amen. But when we when we turn when we when we when we basically give God the key to our life, or give God the will of our life, or however you want to put it, when we do in that, we're putting ourselves under his control during the day, just like we do when we lay down and go to sleep and say, Lord, take care of me while I sleep. Amen. Bye. Good night. We don't think twice. We ought to do the very same kind of prayer during the day and trust him. Now, the third thing I want to say, not only will it be our, will it be our guide, and not only will it be our guard, third thing I want to say is it will be our companion. Bible will talk to us. Listen to the Word of God. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. Verse 22, when thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And look at the last part. And when thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. Again, you can check out any book in any library and you can read it. But the Word of God is the only book that will talk to you. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, the Bible is a wonderful talking book. There is a great mass of blessed talk in this precious volume. It has told me a great many of my faults. It would tell you yours if you would let it. It has told me much to comfort me. It has much to, to tell you if you will but incline your ear to it. It is a book that is wonderfully communicative. It knows all about you. All the ins and outs of where you are and where you ought to be, it can tell you everything. Amen? And that's true. It can. The Word of God, it's not limited by who you are, where you've been, your life, oh, my life, different from everybody else. The Word of God is written to everybody. The Word of God has something to say to anybody on every and any occasion. If we'd only break away from this world long enough, come to the Lord and ask him what the Word of God has to say to us and listen Listen for God to talk while we read. If we don't come to the Word of God expecting to hear from Him, we probably won't. But when we come, you know, that's something that bothers me. Is we do things without expectation all the time. And I, I'm talking about the flip but I want to share this with you. Because when we come to God, sometimes we pray, and I don't even know if we're expecting Him to answer. We're just praying because we pray. But are we checking up to see if God answers? Are we going? Are we making notes of our prayers? Are we checking up and coming back and say, "Well, I prayed about that, but God didn't answer yet. I need to pray about that again." Are we? Are we? Do we have an active prayer life? Are, are we really expecting God to do what we ask Him to do? I just wonder. Do we expect when we come to church? Do we expect? God to move in our service? Do we expect God to speak to our hearts? Do we expect God to convict us? Do we expect God to draw us to an altar? Do we expect God to bring us to repentance? Do we expect somebody to get saved? Do we expect visitors to come in every every time we meet? Do we expect those things? I think that's probably why we don't get those results. is because we don't come expecting those things. But when we pray, we ought to expect results because God's a result given God. Amen. We ought to believe the Word of God, that it has the power that it says it has, and it will do the things that it says it will do. And if we come to God believing and listening and expecting, you know what? It, it would help us to have a close and a comfortable walk with God all day. I said a comfortable walk with God all day. Because, you know, when you're right with God, it is a comfortable walk with God. Amen. If we begin in the morning with God and we let his, let his word be our first thoughts, we meditate on the Word of God, and we we let that germinate in us all day, God will bring that to fruition. God will take the Word. He'll he'll work in us. I mean, He works in us to do of His good pleasure. The Bible tells us that. So if we're feeding ourselves on a diet of the Word of God, God will nourish our bodies with that Word of God, and and it'll bear fruit in our life. Lastly, it'll be time in the Word of God, it's life-giving. The Bible says the law is a lamp, and it's a light for the present, for right now. And the reproofs and the instruction are the way of life. It's for the future. The reproofs of the word, and when I say reproofs, the word of God showing us where we're wrong, the word of God showing us how to live right. It not only shows us our faults. But the Word of God teaches us how to do it better, how to do it right. And, and, and it teaches us how to live to please God and to give Him glory and to live out our eternal life and not just have it, but to live it out. We need to be careful. I just leave us with these thoughts tonight. We need to be careful to listen to the Word of God when it corrects us, to take that correction. And, and to accept it and to and to get right with God when it shows us that we're wrong. And if we begin, if we if we let God do that and let God change us, you know what? You'll find out. You'll find out that the things that God removes were not the things that made you happy. God will remove the things that were causing your unhappiness. Because when your life, when when you begin to really pay attention and listen to God and walk in His Word, then those things again. Those things take root and they manifest and they bring forth they bring forth peace, they bring forth joy, and they bring forth fruit. And and those things that that's the satisfaction of being a Christian is being used of God and blessing others and, and touching others' lives for Christ. That's what brings real satisfaction in life. It's not how much stuff you got, it's not how much money you got in the bank. It's being used of God. Again, I go back to that service today. But I saw how much I, you know, I knew that man for years and years and years, but I never really saw how much he touched people's lives till today. And I saw hundred or more people there, and he was 84 years old, hundred or more people there who just loved him to death because of the love of Jesus that came forth in his life.
2: And the reason
1: for that was because he was in this book every day, and he believed his book and he lived his book.
2: And I want that for my life,
1: and I think you want that for yours. But we've got to remember just how crucial it is that we hang on every word of the word of God. Amen. That we stay with it and we stay faithful to it and we don't ever trim our wicks. Amen. And we keep burning strong for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand together. Praise God. Good to be in the house of the Lord tonight.
2: And I thank you.